Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning, man. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles, if you can take them to uh, open them up to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. I'm going to read a verse there, verse 41. Hallelujah. Matthew 26, 41. It's a beautiful song. I think I've heard it before somewhere. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Amen. <clears throat> and you notice, uh, Lizette said, I'm going to read some parts of this letter. <laughs> we wanted to hear all of the letter. <laughs> What's really going on? No. <laughs> Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. And this is what it says. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. <clears throat> it says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Father God, I pray for your anointing upon your words this morning, that you would anoint me and enable me to speak these words with clarity and with conviction, that we hear what you desire to say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> you got to forgive me, I have a little bit of a cough this morning, but uh, I'm trying to get through it. Amen. Well, this month, our focus, <coughs> our focus has been on willingness, <coughs> excuse me, being willing, which is a necessary step to that overall goal that we have to complete the work that God has given us to do in the Lord. We want to complete the work, and in order for us to complete the work that God has given us to do, we need to be willing, willing to walk with God, willing to allow God to, to use our, our lives. We've got to be willing. Willingness is, is defined as the quality of being prepared to do something, the quality of being prepared to do something. So it's readiness, it's being ready. It, it means having faith, to think positive about doing whatever it is that we're called upon to do, to think positive about it, that God is saying, I want you to do this, and I'm going to think about that positively, and I'm going to step out to fulfill what God has given me to do, right? To, to think positive. Our will is that part of our inner lives, our inner thoughts uh, that tell us what to do. It's, it's a part of us, but willingness is, is different. The will is, is that part of us that tells us hey, that I can do this. I have the freedom to make a choice. If I want to walk across the room, a will says that you're able to walk across the room. You have the freedom to do that. But willingness is the desire to do something, the desire to do what it is we're called to do. And this is the part of the human soul that is often at odds with God, that fights with God. It's the will. God has a will for you, and God's will for you and for me may be one thing, and our will for ourselves could be totally different. And so we love God, and, and we're made in God's image, but it may be that one thing that puts us at odds with one another is that we have a total different will. So the question becomes, whose will am I going to follow? Whose will am I going to follow? And this is why Jesus was able to say to his father, just two verses before the verse we're reading this morning, Jesus was able to say to his father right there in verse 39, 
not my will, but your will be done. That I have something that I can do. I have a choice in the matter. You have a choice in whatever God is calling you to do, whatever God has commanded you to do. If, if you can imagine the command of God that caused the whole universe to come into being. God spoke words and, and, and those words where there was nothing there, those words caused a world to be formed. And, and God commands us, but his command in our lives, in some cases, goes nowhere because he's given you a will. And in your will, you can decide to, to live a different way, to walk a different path. If you can imagine that, Jesus says, hey, I have a will, but you know what? Not my will be done. Your will be done. On the most overwhelming night of his life, Jesus had a choice to make. If you can imagine the night, he had a choice to make, to, to go through with the Father's plan or to decide to do his own thing. He had a choice. And thank God that he decided to set an example for the disciples that in the very hour of temptation, this was a heavy night for him. And in that hour of temptation, when the soldiers and all of the enemies of Christ were headed up to that garden. They were on their way. They were approaching, and they weren't far away. And, and it seems like, like the spontaneous thing to do, the, 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 the instinctive thing to do is to run, to save yourself. Jesus surrendered his will to the Father. Then he told his disciples, watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. If you're, if you're struggling now to overcome a little exhaustion, because the Bible says they were sleepy, they were tired. This was very early in the morning. Uh, they had stayed up all night and they had that, uh, that uh, Passover meal and, and, and it was past midnight. They had walked over to this garden and they're praying. And, and remember, they prayed for three hours. They, they were tired. They were there, it was very late at night or very early in the morning. And Jesus is saying, man, you know, watch and pray. But if you're struggling now to overcome a little exhaustion, what's going to happen when real suffering hits, when temptation hits? You're struggling now where there's no suffering. How do you expect to stand your ground when true temptation shows up with all of its with all of its persuasive power, when temptation comes, with, with all of its convincing su suggestions. I remember Pastor Mitchell used to say, temptation doesn't show up like looking like Tugboat Annie, right? Temptation comes looking beautiful, convincing, right? It, it, it's lovely, it's, it's, it's convincing, persuasive. And that's what Jesus is saying, man, if you guys are struggling simply to stay awake, what's going to happen when temptation shows up tonight? Tonight, watch and pray. Then he tells them this. He says, he tells them the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. What makes this verse a challenge for most of us is that Jesus uses the word spirit and Automatically, most of us think that he's talking about the Spirit of God. 
the Spirit of God. And, and oftentimes uh, we, we interchange those words and the, the, that Greek word pneuma means spirit, you know, like the Spirit of God. But it also means a whole bunch of other things. And, and it's the context that determines what exactly he's talking about. And he's actually referring to the human spirit here. He's talking about his disciples, your spirit, the human soul, the human mind, your thoughts, your imaginations. Man, you're ready to conquer the world. You, you've made great boasts to me just a moment a, a, a earlier. You, you've made great boasts about how you're willing to go with me all the way to death. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, your body, and all of its limitations is what's holding you back. The contrast between spirit and flesh means that you, you might have the best intentions in the world. You mean well. You intend to do the right thing. You intend to do the necessary thing. But the flesh, the body is weak. And it never lives up to the aspirations of the spirit. You can say all you want. You can make commitments and vows. And that's what they did. Jesus, man, even if we have to go to death with you, we're willing to go. And here they are falling asleep. Jesus, man, if you can't, if you can't handle weariness and, and sleepiness, how are you going to handle real temptation? The mind says yes. The mind says, I'll do it. The mind says, I want to do this. I vow to do this. But the body lacks the drive. The body likes, lacks the fight to get up and do what we know we need to do. So there's a part of us, there's a part of, of you, and, and there's a part of me that is full of faith, full of faith. Man, the spirit overflowing with confidence. There's a part of me that will make great boasts. There's a part of you that will make great boasts about things. It, it sees only the positive outcomes. And, and we trust God. We, we want to live by faith. And we believe God. And we trust God. And, and, and there's a part of us that is driven by enthusiasm and zeal. Let's do this, man. We can do this. And everything you set out to do, everything in life, you hope for the best. You don't set out in life for something expecting to fail. But we hope for the best. And we imagine the most positive outcome possible. But there's another part of us. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Another part of us that sees a different outcome, a less than positive outcome. It's a part of us, a part of the, the human soul that we all have to wrestle with. We wrestle with all the time and it constantly tries to drag us down. Even in the most hopeful situations where everything seems to be going perfectly, perfectly well, there's a part of us that has a natural bent towards failure. And it reminds us that right, we might mess up. You might say the wrong thing. You might do the wrong thing. I don't know if you've ever, if you're, if you're a sports fan, I'm sure you've seen it in, in watching sports, man. You see uh, you know, a game and it's, and it's close and it's a real close game and you have somebody that goes up to the free throw line and all you gotta do is make the shot to win the game. Just make the shot, man, and you win the game. One shot for the championship. Right? Or a golfer. All you have to do is make the putt. Just one putt for the championship. May you win everything. And, and, and the task that they have before them 
is a piece of cake. You can do this. And they know that they can do it. In fact, man, they could do it in their sleep if they wanted to. They've, they've done it so many times. Thousands of free throws. Thousands of little short putts to, to win a game. Thousands of times. On the inside, there's this exuberant excitement. They know, man, I've already won this thing. Here I am at the line. It's, it's the, the game is in my hands. All I got to do is make the shots. All I got to do is, is make this putt. And on the inside, I've already won. In the inside, they're, they're already like, you know, I don't even know if people do that anymore, right? But on the inside, they're celebrating. On the inside, they're, they're rejoicing. They, they got this thing won. I've got this in their minds, in the psyche, in their spirit. It's a done deal. But in the moment, in the moment when they're right there at the line, there's another principle at work in the flesh. There's something else, something that informs the psyche. That sends an image to the mind of a miss, a brick, you know. That sends in a suggestion, just that little suggestion, a failure. And it seems absurd because, man, we've made that shot so many times. It's absurd even thinking I'm going to miss this shot. I can do it with my eyes closed. I, I can do it in my sleep. So it's ludicrous to think that, man, that I can miss this shot now. There, there's no way I can miss this shot. But they take the shot and they miss. Have you seen it before? They take the putt and they, I've seen it, man. I've seen it many times before and they miss. People have different descriptions for what happens there. They, they say that he choked. She choked. They say that the pressure got to them. And what they know in their mind that they can do, the body interferes. The body gets in the way. The flesh gets in the way. And not allowing them to finish what they know in their spirit they're able to do. Some have even gotten a little scientific and begin to describe how, how stress causes the muscles to tense and, and they go into the long, deep dis, you know, descriptions of how it happens scientifically. Or, or we might get a little spiritual and say, you know, man, it's the fear of the Lord, you know. It's the fear of the Lord. But whatever you call it, Jesus was describing something very similar, not identical, but very similar to that. You will to do the right thing. You will to do the right thing. You imagine doing the right thing. You believe that I'm going to do the right thing. You, you even commit yourself to the right thing. But your flesh doesn't agree with the spirit. Your Execution doesn't agree with the strategy. You have a plan. And all I have to do is execute the plan. All I have to do is follow through with what I know my mind and my spirit say that I must do. But the body is not willing to keep in step with the spirit. We see it in marriage vows. We see it in rehab homes. We see it in education or a new job or in friendships. I'm with you till the hubcaps fall off, right? And bam, you hit the first bump, and there they go, you know, down the street. 
hubcaps rolling all over the place. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And little did the disciples know that trouble is just around the corner, man. Their eyes are getting heavy. They're beginning to nod and, and, and doze off. And that temptation is inevitable. Man, it's coming right around the corner. It's one thing if they were able to watch and pray, if they were able to look out and to see, hey, here they come, man, the enemies of Christ, and pray that God would give them what they need for that moment, for that hour. God would have been right there for them, with them, to help them in that time of temptation. But they had to fall asleep, follow the lead of the body, and when the temptation had come upon them, right, the temptation that created the conditions to run, the temptation that created the conditions for them to deny Jesus, they were so strong. These were men that had refused to deny Jesus. There's no way we'll deny you. There's no way we'll leave you. We'll go to death with you. But temptation brought on the conditions that made it nearly impossible to resist. And when the enemies of Christ showed up, they scattered. They scattered. Every last one of them scattered. Back in verse 35 of the same chapter, the disciples all made a pledge not only to stick with Jesus, but if need be, man, we're willing to die with Jesus. What happens to the pledge in the moment of temptation? In that moment of temptation, temptation comes with such, such suggestive force, with such a, 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 a powerful, persuasive voice that in the moment it's hard to, to, to Deny, it's hard to resist unless you have been watching what's happening around you and in prayer. The pledge of a readiness of spirit, the pledge of good intentions, that's a great thing. The pledge is good. The, the, the vow is good. The, to, to make the commitments, that's good. But we, we often, you know, the mouth will write checks that the body can't cash. We're saying things that we're not able to fulfill. So are you willing this morning? Are you willing? Are you really willing? In just a few moments, temptation to, to abandon Jesus is going to overwhelm them. To overwhelm, in fact, this is the one night, the one moment, this night, the same night, because Matthew talks about it, Mark and Luke talk about it. This is the night where Jesus even confesses himself. I am overwhelmed with sorrow. Jesus himself is overwhelmed. The one that could not possibly be overwhelmed. He declares, I am overwhelmed with sorrow and grief. And the disciples were overwhelmed. Temptations to deny Jesus, to renounce Jesus, came upon them so strong that it overpowered them, that they left him by himself. And today even, you know, we can easily say, I'll never do that. I'll never leave Jesus. I'm sold out, committed to him. I'm committed. I, I, I love Jesus. And good intentions will say great things, make great boasts, make great pledges. We'll say, I got this. You can count on me. 
right? We make vows, por vida, mi amor, right? Forever. Theologians will call it volition. It's where we get the word voluntary, you know, and act. And, and we respond to uh, those thoughts uh, of our own free volition, our own free voluntary will, that I can do what I want. I have the freedom to do what I want. Th this means you have the freedom to choose, not only choose what you do, but you have the freedom to choose your thoughts and your emotions. Did you know that you have the, the freedom to do that? That is why Paul made this incredible statement in Philippians when he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How could you say such a thing? Can I rejoice in miserable situations? Absolutely you can, because you have a choice of your emotions. You have a, a decision in the matter. The world could be falling apart, and you can still rejoice if you want to. That's amazing. That's a, an amazing idea. So here they are, man. Overwhelmed. It, it's not easy, especially when temptation shows up. It's not easy to hold your ground. This is why Paul, even in Galatians 5.17, he says, For the flesh, flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. It tries to keep you from fulfilling your vows. The spirit indeed is willing, but don't be fooled into thinking that the same willingness exists in the body. The same willingness we have in our minds may not be in the body. That same willingness you have in your spirit is not identical to the, to the flesh to the human flesh. The human flesh is never in full compliance, never in agreement, never in tune with the spirit. And that's why Paul says, man, I have to beat my body into submission to make it do what it needs to do. The spirit is willing, but the flesh it is weak. It becomes a phrase that's synonymous with, with having good intentions, but lacking the ability to accomplish what we know is good. A heavy night, man, heavy words. So in addition to having great aspirations, man, we need to have the stamina. We need to have the means to carry it out. Jesus told his disciples two things, two simple things, watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Watch and pray. Watching informs our prayer. By watching, we know what to pray for. By watching, we can see developments on the horizon. Had they watched, they were able to see the people leaving Jerusalem, torches, pitchforks, swords, and all that. They would have seen all that coming. Had they watched, they would have known what they were up against. To watch, to watch over our families, to watch over our business, to watch over our, our neighborhoods, our city, our church our friends and our loved ones, to watch. It informs how we should pray. And when we pray, God is able to give us what we need to endure the temptation. People often rush into things without watching. They rush into commitments. They rush into vows and promises without watching. Had the disciples stayed awake long enough to see what was going on around them, and then to take what they see into prayer, it would have been a totally different outcome. 
God would have supplied them with everything they needed to weather the storm. So Jesus' words are not a rebuke. This isn't a rebuke. He came to them as a mentor, as a friend, as, as one who loves their soul. And he comes alongside them and says, watch and pray, because your intentions are great. Your spirit of commitment is awesome, but it's what you don't see. And what you don't see is that temptation is just around the corner. And it's ready to, to shake you at the very core of your life, your very core of commitment. So watch and pray. And God is able to supply you with all you need. Amen. He's able to do it. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. If you read the story, they failed to take his advice. And when the soldiers came upon them, they were so surprised that they were taken off guard. If you can imagine waking up to the clanking of armor and swords and arguing, yelling and, and, and commotion, they, they're waking up in a garden outside late at night, early morning. They just wake up and they see Jesus being wrestled by by these soldiers and, and they're looking around and somebody grabs a sword and chops somebody's ear. Man, crazy. It was a crazy night. Crazy night. And you're waking up to that. Sleep, heavy with sleep, drowsy. Jesus gave you some insight, man. Stay awake, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The key to keep yourself from this temptation is to keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open and to ask God for the spiritual strength you need. And this applies to everything, everything we do, everything we are in life. Family, our Christianity, everything we have in life to keep our eyes open. Don't be fooled by what you think is good and what you think is going on. Watch, keep your eyes open, watch, interpret, take, Take the moment to see, to see. Take, take the moment to, to, to feel the landscape. Know what's happening around you and pray. And God, through those two simple steps, God will give you what you need to weather the storm. Amen. Father God, I pray this morning that you would help us Lord God, in our hour of temptation, in our hour of need, in that moment, my God, when the enemy thinks that he has us cornered, when the enemy tries to rattle us, to try to shake us, he's after our families, he's after our marriages, he's after our children, he's after our faith, he's after our health. Oh God, if we could keep our eyes open, if we can understand the landscape, if we can, my God, know what's happening, to see what's happening around us, my God, that we will know how to pray, that we would know how to approach you in prayer, that we would know how to pray for our family, how to pray for our future, how to, how to step into the next day, my God, how to cover ourselves, to guard our hearts, oh God. I pray, help us. Help us, Father God, to be the men and the women that you've called us to be. Willing, willing, Lord God, 
to take your advice, to walk with you, to fight, to stay awake. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And this morning, if, if the Lord has spoken to you, maybe you recognize in your life, you know, I, I've taken my eyes off of all the things, all of the ways that the enemy could try to lie to me. I, I need to stay awake. I need to keep my eyes open. I need to pray. I need to, to, to find a way to fight the, the things that I am not expecting to happen, the things that I think are going well. All of my commitments, all of my promises, and all of my vows are good. They're good. And Jesus says that they're good. But there is something more that we need to do. We need to watch and we need to pray. If that's you, why don't you come? Come and let's pray. Amen. He Hallelujah. Is for me. He loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his